Hi, I'm Angela Ward and welcome to my podcast, A Beautiful Thing. This is a behind-the-scenes episode on the previous dramatic recording. So if you haven't listened to the storytelling episode, then I would encourage you to catch up with the previous week before listening to our interview today. And now I want to introduce you to my guest for this week. Nanadjua is a home educating mum of five with a professional background in radio production and presenting. She is passionate about her Catholic faith, not following the status quo and advocating for black mothers, which led her to co-found Black Mums Upfront. So welcome Nanadjua to A Beautiful Thing podcast. It's really great to have you with me today. Thank you for having me, Angela. Great. So um, I wanted to start off straight away and ask you about the widow of Nain at Nain even, because that was the woman that you said that you probably resonated with the most. So what draws you to this version of the story? You know, every time I listen to it, another thing comes to mind. And so I've got so many things really that, that draw me to it, but two in particular. So in the story, we know that this woman, um, her her son is raised from the dead. And I had a situation about four and a half, five years ago, where I was pregnant and my baby died in the womb. And that was obviously really dreadful and traumatic and just very, very unexpected. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for my baby to to somehow just come alive again. And I don't know whether I genuinely believed that this could happen. That's the issue. Like, mm. was my faith great enough to really kind of drive this prayer through? And then my daughter, who at the time was about four years old, she came to me and she said, Mummy, can I pray that the baby will come alive again? And part of me wanted to say no, because I didn't want her to be disappointed when, in my opinion, it was never going to happen. The baby wasn't going to come alive again as much as I wanted it to. And I didn't want to kind of squash her, her faith. But at the same time, I thought, who am I to dampen the, the hope and, and the faith of a young child mm. and so I said of, of course go and pray and she put her little hand on my tummy and she prayed whatever little prayer she had in her um so much so that I was like I, I believe it I believe this could have worked and a couple of days later when I went to the hospital to be induced and, and deliver the baby um I said to the doctor just before the induction started could you please, I know this might sound really, really stupid, but please, could you just do another scan to double check that the baby has actually died? Because all I kept thinking about was my daughter's prayer and the faith of a little child. And the doctor did the scan and just looked at me and said, I'm sorry, your baby has died. And in that moment, I did feel a little bit deflated, but I didn't once think, oh my goodness, God, I can't believe you didn't let this happen. How am I going to go back to my daughter and explain this? Because there was 
there was a peace. There was a peace in all of it. Um, and as I look back at that whole situation, yeah, it was it was awful. Yes, my daughter died, but God has brought so much through that situation for me, for my husband, for my children, um, that I do genuinely believe that um, I guess all things can work, can work for good. Um, so yeah, so although my faith, I don't know if it's quite as strong as that widow, my daughter's faith was, but I'm not sure if mine was. Um, I do, I do kind of feel a little bit about that feeling of your your child being taken from you. And the other the other scenario that it brings to mind is when then a couple of years ago, um, my husband got very, very sick. And in the short space of time, maybe the space of about three, four months, he almost died twice. Wow. And we prayed and 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 he's still with us. He didn't die. And there was a lot of people praying and and I had to also face the fact that this may not happen. All of our desires for him to, to stay with us may not happen. Um, but he, he is still with us. And I remember at one point somebody saying to me when he was very, very ill, like gravely at one point, and a friend said, do you mind if I pray for God's will to be done? Because I was going around asking, pray that he survives, pray that he survives. And she just responded, can I pray that God's will is done? And I was almost floored by that. Mm. Like, what, what? And I almost wanted to respond to her like, uh, no, no, we're, we're not praying for God's will. We're praying for my husband to survive. And... Um, but no, she was right. She was absolutely right. It's all about God's will. Mm. And through that time, I think um, God really brought me to a place of dependence. Mm. And I came to a place where no longer was I kind of praying for his survival. I was just praying for more of God in whatever was gonna happen for me, for my husband, for my children, all I could do was just pray for more of God. I had no other words. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, that's a very long answer to your short question, but <laughs> those are two big things in my life that really kind of helped me to, to think about this widow and, and what she went through. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, I don't know you like really, really well, but I have known you through different uh, prayer festivals and, and conferences over the year. And I remember over the years and I remember that happening with your husband, actually, and being sent a text message about, oh, please pray for Nanajua's husband and being part of, you know, the, the prayer for, for him, actually. So and just and then hearing the other side of the, the the testimony really but yeah you're right to you know pray for god's will because actually it is the will of god and, and what what he wants for us so i think you've already shared really about how the scripture speaks to your own faith journey but you you do come from a family of faith and 
with your own family is there anything more that you could share on that and how yeah like how you as a family um share your faith so I've got five young children ranged between the age of um five months and nine years old and and then my husband as well and so we are a catholic family and um i guess we are just trying as hard as we can to impart faith in a real way and in a kind of heart way rather than a headway for our children I think it's very easy to go through the motions, um, especially as a Catholic, when there are so many kind of rituals and liturgies and things where you just kind of do it and you may not even know what it is that you're doing or why you're doing it, but you do it because that's how you were kind of raised. And whilst there's um, beauty and and, um, a lot of reason for for those, um, I want my children to understand more from the heart Mm. about their faith and about Jesus um, about the Holy Trinity and and so we try as as best as we can we make sure we go to mass each week which I mean at the end when they say um, what's it the last thing the priest says go they're going peace or something Mm -hmm. and we all say thanks be to god and i'm saying thanks be to god for a whole other reason like i'm glad this hour is over i need to get my children out of this church (laughs) (laughs) that was really traumatic for me and everyone who was sat around us Uh, so we are trying and i i really hope that just through um the regular prayer family time of prayer reading of scripture together um, and just chatting about life that we can somehow impart it onto our children Mm, I'm sure you I'm sure you are absolutely it sounds like you are so sounds great so just going back to the scripture of the widow at Nain um, would this been a scripture that you would perhaps pray with or look at before or is it is it you know, when you identified this is the scripture you want to talk about, was it something that you thought about then and there, or have you prayed with it? You know what, it's not a piece of scripture that I was overly familiar with. Um, when I was listening to to the the dramatised piece that you did, and how you mentioned there's also um, Jairus's daughter, which I'm more familiar with, and mm-hmm. Lazarus, which I'm more familiar with. But this one, I wasn't so familiar with it. Um, so I had to kind of almost hear it for like, like I was hearing it for the first time. I'm sure I have heard it many times, mm-hmm. but it didn't suddenly go, oh, yes, mm-hmm. this one. But as I listened to it, um, or listened to your the, the piece that you did, um, it, it did resonate with me. It really did. Um, I think loss and also just the fear of the unknown, like when you're faced with something that's challenging or something that you weren't expecting and you're now trying to think, well, what's going to happen next? I think that's something that everybody can relate to. 
not necessarily just because you're faced with losing a child or you have lost a child, but it could be like the loss of a job or it could be, I don't know, moving to an unknown area or it could be um, the loss of a relationship. Just that kind of what's going to happen next. This is what I knew, that kind of grief. Um, so, yeah, from that point of view, I feel like it's something that many people would be able to resonate with. Um, and then I was able to kind of take it deeper, thinking about the loss of my baby and then also the, the near loss of my husband. Mm. I think you're right, though. I think uh, it is a scripture that actually isn't as well known as some of the other resurrection stories. Well, Lazarus being the obvious one and Jairus's daughter. I mean, just thinking of myself being a teacher, they're the ones that we would go back to and we would know. And, and But this is, you know, it's in the gospel, but it's easy for us. There's so many perhaps different women in the gospel perhaps we know less about um, and that, you know, that they're there and it, they're really important. The Lord wants us to learn from these stories. I'm just thinking about the idea that the Lord wants to resurrect us. Um, you know, OK, well, obviously we believe in the resurrection of the body in a, in a physical sense, but also he wants to resurrect whatever is dead in our own lives for his glory. Can you share a little bit more on that and how you've seen that manifest in your own life? Oh, I, I think, <laughs> I think the Lord is trying to do a lot with, with me constantly. And um, I, I definitely feel this kind of yearning to, to resurrect um my prayer life to to resurrect my um i guess how much i i really depend on on him and how much i focus on my um my relationship with him and that's something that i I definitely used to have more than I do now, I think, or maybe it's like I have it in a different way. I mean, since children came along in my life, life is slightly crazier and, and like there's less structure and less me time and things like that. And I do feel like God would really, well, I know God wants me to get back to that place, um, but it's me trying to try and figure out a different way of doing it because I've got to be realistic it's not going to happen in the same way that it that it used to happen before there were there was a period of my life where I was spending um at least every weekday time in front of the blessed sacrament that 100% does not happen now like I was there Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday I was regularly regularly going to confession at least once a week I was there was so much I was doing God knows that um I can't get back to that place with how my life is at the moment and I don't know if he expects that um but there are little things that I can do so I do think that kind of that feeling of resurrecting um my my um what's the word I'm looking for my yearning resurrecting my yearning to spend time with him I just need to figure out a different way how to do it yeah I'm sure that you are doing it but it's, it's different the uh the way of life is different so your, your prayer life will it will be different too you were as a single person for sure without children 
But actually, no, actually, I was just taking it away from the scripture, actually, but just thinking about the importance of Christian podcasts, Christians um, on the radio, because I know that's the actual background. Um, why do you think it's important that there are Christian podcasts uh, like this or other ones and, you know, us being a voice out there? Oh, because people like me want to listen to it. <laughs> We need it. We really do. Um, you know what? The world is so loud. It really is. The world, the world. I cannot get over how loud it is. And I think I'm noticing it more because my children who are young um, already have picked up on so much and they, they make comments and say things. And I'm like, where on earth did you get that idea from? Where did you see that? How do you know that? Because I think that I'm kind of controlling in the kind of the best possible way, uh, the best possible sense of the word, what they are looking at and, and what they listen to. But the world is louder. And so if the world is loud and colourful and vibrant and attractive and it's capturing everyone's attention, then we as Christians, we've got to be the same. We've got to, there's no reason why we can't be loud and vibrant and attractive. In fact, we should be more so because we are speaking the absolute truth. Um, we are speaking about Jesus Christ. And that is joy. That is love. That is peace. That's glorious. So I think to have Christian podcasts, Christians on radio, Christians in mainstream music, Christians in um acting christians wherever it is christians teaching christians in, in medicine we need to be there um to to spread some of god's love to to speak about him as best as we can um, and so the young people and the adults can be just as attracted to us as they are to everything else Thank you. Yeah, I think it's just really important. I mean, I listen to a range of Christian and Catholic podcasts myself. So each one, you know, feeds me in a different way. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And is there anything else that you would like to share about the episode of The Woman at Nain or about the scripture itself? Um, all I would say is have faith. I think we all need to just ha have faith, but also know that it's not always going to go the way we want it to go. Mm. I mean, for this woman, of course, she she wanted her son to, to not be dead. Um, but her faith was immense. I don't even know if she was really kind of anticipating or thinking that anything different could happen she knew he was dead he was gone but obviously deep down in there there was a a huge faith and a, a beautiful heart um and things worked out really well for her and her son but it's not always going to be like that for all of us mm. at all as i said with my my daughter who who died Maybe I didn't have the faith. I don't know, but my other daughter certainly did. Um, and the baby didn't come back to life, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, 
God's got a way of helping us, of holding us, of carrying us and of using that as well for his glory and so that we can also help others. Thank you. Thank you, Nanajua. Very wise words. And it's great to speak to a woman of deep faith. Um, so thank you very much for being a guest today on A Beautiful Thing podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. So now I would like to give you some behind the scenes information on the writing of my script. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about sharing this series on the women of the gospel is a comment I had from a guy who I shared some early episodes with. He was surprised that there were so many different women in scripture and just how little he knew of them but was intrigued to know more. Often we hear stories of the male disciples and of course we learn from them too and other people in the gospel and can overlook just how many women that Jesus actually ministered to and just how important their story is. Just purely in dramatising these stories alone, I have wanted to give a different voice and bring the scriptures alive in a new way so that we can encounter Jesus' work in these women today and what they can mean for us now. Perhaps even to literally resurrect, so to speak, these women of the gospel so that we hear them afresh today and just how important they were to Jesus. As a woman, I know that I need female role models and each of these women from the gospel paved that way for me. So the question I would like to leave with you for this week is, which woman of the gospel do you most connect with and why? Thank you for listening. I would love you to do all the usual things, share the episode with a friend, subscribe and review on your usual podcast platform so that more people can know about it. Follow me on Instagram at A Beautiful Thing and on Facebook at A Beautiful Thing Podcast. Please pray for my work and I would be delighted if you are able to make any donations on Patreon. The links for all of these things are in the show notes. I'm looking forward to you joining me next week where you will hear another dramatic episode of A Woman in the Gospel. Until then, may the Lord bless you and lead you more towards the beautiful thing that God wants to do in your life.